You're about to listen to a message by Pastor Ikena Okeke of the Father's Church. Please join Pastor Ikena Okeke and be blessed. Good morning. Good to see you. Praise God. Okay, I'm sure when I say these things, you people don't believe me, but I really don't know what the Spirit of God wants to do, but um, I know He will do something. You know? He says, the seed of Jacob will not seek me in vain. You got up from your bed this morning and you said, I'm going to worship the Lord. Is that what he said? And we have come and we have begun to worship him, isn't he? And we serve the living God. We don't serve a God that dwells in yesterday. He is God that is present, active in the moment. He acted yesterday, but he didn't expire. Praise the Lord. His works are from glory to glory to glory to glory to glory. He's a mighty God. Praise God. So there are several things really that are, you know, in my spirit, but I don't know which one. That's why I'm saying. But um, I know God will bless someone today because he is God and he is in his house. Praise God. Okay. Um, let me try and start from the meeting on Friday. How many of us were at the meeting throne room? Okay, if you are not at the meeting, you missed something. Praise God. And um, we'll just start there so we move on from there. We looked at um, your confidence. We looked at the confidence of the Christian, why it is important not to cast it away. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35. And I like the way he put it there. He said, therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward. And maybe we'll join 36. He says, for you have need of endurance, so that after you have done the will of God, you may do what? receive the promise or obtain the promise so there is the tendency and the potential and the temptation for you and i to cast away our confidence but we are being enjoined we are being admonished we are being encouraged do not cast away your confidence i know at sunday school this morning we learned on expectation you see, it's important that you know who you're dealing with. Praise the Lord. Expectation has to do with the parties that are involved in the transaction. There's someone that will pass by you and make you a promise. The next one hour, you don't remember it because it's not together. Praise the Lord. But depending on the weight of the person, the caliber of the person that makes a statement to you, praise God. Years will pass and you won't forget it. That's why you see some people, they grew up with a lot of um, complex because someone they thought was important in their lives said something negative to them. So all through their lives, they think maybe their nose is crooked or their leg is this or their this is that because somebody they looked to or they regarded made a statement to them. Now, if you will feel depressed or you feel inferior because um, an auntie or a friend or somebody that you looked up to 
said something negative about you and though it was said to you when you were five years or six years or seven years or eight years you still remember it after 40 years praise god a human being that some of those people are dead you still remember it what about what god said to you are you with me what about the statement that god has said to you do you give it a higher level of worthiness do you give it credit because that's what this thing is about. It is about taking the word of God and exalting it and placing it above every other thing. No matter what you see. Who spoke? Who said to me? Who sent his word? Praise the Lord somebody. So we said to that the final battle, that's the truth, the final battle before you and I lay hold of what God has for us is a fight of your confidence. Because you see, if you don't give up, it will come to pass. Praise God. I mean, it's as simple as that. If you don't give up, you will see it. The only thing that can keep you from seeing it is that you give up. And the devil knows. The truth is that the devil can't steal our promise. He can't, I mean, for the devil to imagine to steal our promise, our promises, that means he has to steal from God. And that he can't do. He won't even attempt it. So his only battle is to make you to give away your confidence. So you say to God, I don't want again. Praise God. You see, remember in the book of Job, when Satan went to God and God said, have you considered my servant Job? And God, later on, you know, as Satan said, I've been considering him. But you know and I know why I can't go near him. Why? Because what? You have built an hedge round about him. Anyway, cut the long story short, God took away some of the hedges and allowed Satan to touch him. When Satan began to touch Job, what did he say to Job? Did he tell Job, God can bless you again? Did he say, tell Job, there will be no turnaround? He was, the statement he made, spoke, speaking through Job's wife was what? Die before the restoration. Tell somebody I'm not dying. <laughs> That's what he said. He said, curse God and die. Why? Because he knew that if Job waited... The, the, I understand that from Bible scholars that whole thing went on for about nine months. If Job persevered for one year, he will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of living. So the enemy said, Die before it's time. Tell somebody, I'm not dying. I'm not giving up. I'm not turning back. I'm not casting away my confidence. Praise the Lord. That's it. It's a certain thing. The devil knew. And knows that God had great things in store. So he couldn't tell Job, God won't bless you. He just had to shut Job's eyes so Job will no longer see far enough. But somebody's eyes are getting long, long is it long sightedness? Isn't it? Long sightedness. So you can see what God has. So do not cast away your confidence. Why? Because there is what? Great. I like the way King James put it, great recompense of reward. <laughs> great recompense of reward. Don't cast it away. In fact, it's, it's important this because that is what you hold on to. 
Many times that's the only thing you can just hold. It's your confidence. It's not another person's own. Because if you're looking for another person's own, they will help you to be discouraged. But when you look at it, when I began this thing, you see, and that's why sometimes, I don't know which word to use that will capture it, but sometimes it looks like it's a trick because you're almost sure it will be yesterday. And then yesterday comes and goes, praise the Lord. Now, the good thing is that the, the word of God has made us understand that his mercies are what? New every day. If his mercies are new, please, can you make your expectation new every day? Why should I be angry with God when he said, me, the mercy I gave you yesterday, I give you a new one. So the confidence I put in him yesterday, what should I do? This morning, I put in another confidence, new mercy, new confidence. Who go tired? Now Satan go run. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I mean, that's coming from what we looked at. But I have a meditation and maybe we'll, do, we, we'll look at that and then trust God to lead us. Last Sunday, we established something. That who is God? We said God is the one who did what? Created all things. Isn't it? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And it's important we, you know, take that in. Because it means then that everything was made by God. Isn't it? Mosquitoes were made by God. Praise the Lord. What else can you think of? Rats. Rats were made by God. Okay, okay. Flowers were made by God. Beautiful things were made by God, isn't it? But all things, God made them, isn't it? And then in Revelation 4, we're told that what? All these things he made exist for what? His pleasure. I want to ask you about some character. And what your judgment of is of this character. And it will change your Christianity. It will help you gravely. It will help you mightily. Satan, who made him? I like the way you answered quick. But do you think about that? I want you, don't, don't be in a hurry. Who made Satan? Based on what we are learning now. Some of us are not sure. Hey. Who created Lucifer? Without... <laughs> Jesus spoke him into me. He said, without him was nothing. John 1, 1. He says, in the beginning was the word. The word was God. And the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. And without him, what? There was nothing. Nothing. Nothing made that was made. So everything in our world was made by God. Praise the Lord. So Satan is a creation of God. Okay, he's a creation of God. Don't worry, if you don't understand it, ask the Holy Spirit to, you know, help you take it in. He is a creation of God. Oh yes, God created him. And do you know what? According to Revelation 4.11, he's also existing for God. Hey, we need tea break. Because somebody has been thinking that God is hurrying up to drive Satan away. No, Satan is surviving by God's determined will. Okay. In fact, I will stop. We'll finish midweek service. Let's take offering so that you'll come. Because some people just can't get this thing now. They can't get it. They can't get it. Satan is existing. Look at your Bible. Revelation 4.11. Let's read it to everybody. It says, Thou art what? Worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For what? Thou hast created how many things? All things. And for what? 
Okay, I said it was existing. I didn't want to put pleasure. So it means Satan is existing to give God. It's getting more serious. Praise the Lord. I thank God for the choir and the song they sang. It answers the question. You and I will have an issue with this truth as long as we think that God's power is limited. That's why it's a problem in our head now. Because in our head, Satan is a force that God has problems with. Satan is either APC or PDP. God is none of them. So I don't know which one to even use to compare. You see, in our heads now, Satan is the opposition party. And you're wondering, how can the government be supporting opposition against itself? But you see, you say you are bigger. Now, now, that statement, bigger, okay, implies that there's comparison, isn't it? Imagine if God created his world and everything in the world. And there was nothing to compare, nothing to measure, no reference, no point of reference, nothing. Can you sing your bigger? That song you're singing has your bigger than HIV, isn't it? You're bigger than, um, what are the things, is it? You're bigger than cancer. You're big now, cancer is a terrible illness. But how do we know the bigness, the awesomeness of God until he makes headache out of cancer? Isn't it? It becomes references for comparison. Now, Satan was created by God, and because God is his creator, and because God is much bigger than him, in all his raging and all his raging, sometimes I don't want to use his for him, but he, he, he is a his. He is, okay? And in all that he appears to us to be, you know, looming large and terrible and all of that, before God, look at the book of Job. He came to God and said, I'm here. He said, when Satan deals with God, he doesn't threaten. He takes permission. Are you getting what I'm saying? To you and I, because we've not seen our God as big as he is. We're talking last Sunday about wisdom. Wisdom is when you, when you see the correct picture. You see, if I can remember the way this auditorium is mapped out and they turn off the light and I have to get outside, I will walk in wisdom outside. Why? Because the correct picture is in my head and I don't need to use my eyes. So someone follow me and say, ah, how did you know where there was chair and no chair? I'd seen the picture. Praise the Lord. The same way, when you see the picture of things and the way I'm God, the Holy Spirit, help us to see the picture. Listen, the Bible tells us of the madman of Gadarene. Okay? And the Bible says this man in the city of the Gadarenes had terrified the people. Oftentimes they had gathered men and bound him with chains so that he would not destroy. And he would pull the chains apart like paper. And he was a terror in the whole kingdom. When Jesus came into the place, this same madman that was a terror, he ran to Jesus, not to terrorize Jesus. He ran to Jesus, fell at his feet, and worshipped him because who no, 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 go no. How do they say that thing? Uh -huh. He knew that before now, Oga had not come. In Gadarene, I was in charge. 
But when Jesus came, he ran to him. Several times read the passages in the Bible. They will come to him and say, say we, please allow us our reign now. Why have you come to cast us out before our time? Isn't that creation talking to his creator? Praise the Lord. You see, these are some of the things you must get because some of us here now, you, you see one old woman that is crooked and she says something to you, you can't sleep again. Don't worry yourself. That whatever force, whatever power, whatever imagination that she's relying on is under your God. Just remember, God created, think from, I don't know, you know, my, my imagination is running faster than my mind. God made all things and this God is your father. And this God is in control yet of all things. He says, I'm the one. I read that recently and it was so fascinating. He says, I created the blacksmith. Just listen to the flow. I'm the one who created the blacksmith. Who forms or who takes coal and blows and forms the weapon in fire. Now, can you see? He made the fire. He made the iron. He made all of that. Then he made the blacksmith. Now, do you know how he made the blacksmith? He started the blacksmith from a tiny thing that your eyes couldn't see. And that blacksmith learned to crawl. That blacksmith learned to talk. That blacksmith did an apprenticeship and mastered his art and began to create weapons, isn't it? So in our eyes now, he has become a terror. But somebody has removed this thing from him. So it says no weapon he forms shall be able to prosper again because I put an antidote in him before I created him. You can't harm my own. Is someone getting what we're saying? You see, it's like what, you know, the common statement we say. They say that somebody has created something and has grown to be a monster. Isn't that the problem we have? And that's the problem with artificial intelligence, those who are following it. It's a fear that people are having. They've had some instances where, you know, they tried to simulate games, you know, between humans and AI, and then the AI took over and started controlling everything. So because human beings are limited, we can create something and it becomes bigger than us. And it's what happens also in our politics. You know, all the governors and all of them, they raise a stooge and they put them to replace them and then they become bigger than them, isn't it? They raise um, touts and all of that, you know, talks, and then they become kidnappers and they become all kinds of things. They become bigger than them. These are problems that exist because it is human beings. And because they are human beings, they cannot anticipate. They don't see the end from the beginning. But God being God has created all things and he has anticipated all things. He can see the end. He can see every potential. And he has checkmated it that as long as his world exists, all things will work only if they are going to work together for the good of those who do what? Who love him and are the called according to his word. Nothing can ever work against the called. It's impossible. The devil in its raging is working for you. The apostle Paul says, these light, what? Afflictions. Who are they working for? They are afflicting me, but they are working for me. Let me help you get a picture of it. So some of us who know a bit about um, the way the system works, you know, in most developed worlds, but especially in the U.S., you see, before I went to the U.S. the first time, I was planning that if I go to the U.S., if I see a shop where they are mopping the floor, 
that I will quickly go down and fall down, sleep and fall down and break my leg. Because if I broke my leg in a shop because the floor was wet, you see, I will get a lawyer and they will calculate how much. I'll tell them that in my village, I take care of 70 people. The lawyer will estimate damages and I'll probably be going home back to Nigeria with about $100 million. You see, that is a picture of something working for you. It's in America that somebody was brought for prayers. And they prayed for the person and he got healed. He sued the pastor. He said because the benefit he was getting from the system as disability benefits is more than what he's making now that is okay. You have cost me money. Praise the Lord. You see, are you getting all things working together? So Paul says, these light afflictions, what are they doing? They are building up for us a far heavier weight of glory. God being God has factored everything. And the earlier you and I begin to look at our world and step back and know that God is in control. Not a statement. You have to understand it. And you have to deal with every one of them critically. Just bring them out individually and say, God made you. God is using you. God is using everybody. Look at the crucifixion. It doesn't absolve people of responsibility. No, it doesn't. But you see, everybody must still do. Uh, Peter, talking in Acts of Apostles, says he was crucified according to the predetermined counsel of God. God has said, my son will come into the earth and they will crucify him. The players and actors had to choose themselves. Nobody was forced to play that part. But at that point, nobody would imagine. Jesus said to Pilate, what did he say? He said, you would have what? No power over me unless it is given to you that revelation when you and i get it i'm telling you you will live life on earth as a king you will truly reign but as long as we have the mindset that they're pursuing us you know you hear christians and they say this anti cost me this somebody's doing me who is doing you from which planet Praise the Lord. I hope nobody in this church makes such statement. Nobody, you're the only one that can do yourself. I hope you know that. Nobody can do you. As a child of God, it's impossible. Born again Christian, then a witch, an auntie, uh, an in-law, you know, or whatever, will be doing. How can they do you? God is already in control of your life. God is already orchestrating your destiny. God is already determining your path. Do they go and bribe God or do they threaten God? How can they do you? How can that affect your destiny? The only problem I can have as a Christian with my death is if I go against the one who has the final say. And that's why the Bible tells us having a readiness to avenge every disobedience when our own obedience is complete. That's the only one that does us. It's disobedience that does the Christian. That's why the Bible tells us of the highway of holiness. It says, even though a fool cannot go astray. That's what it is. That's why Christianity, anybody who tells you anything about against holiness is deceiving you because it makes you to be on the opposite side of God. When God says, be holy, he's not saying be holy because he wants to watch you. He said, be holy because I, the Lord your God, am what? I'm holy. He said, that's the only way we can flow together. Praise the Lord. Let me show you a scripture in the Bible. Come with me to Exodus chapter 9. So we agree with what we are saying because I know for some of us, it's still difficult to understand. In Exodus chapter 9, we have, um, we have Moses in the picture. 
Exodus 9 verse 13. You know, the initial time God sent Moses to Pharaoh to go and bring out the people of Egypt, Moses got up and went to Pharaoh and was so sure that if he just spoke to Pharaoh, God sent me, God will let the people go. But you know what happened? The first time Moses got there and Pharaoh asked him, what do you bring? He said, see, I have a sign. So he dropped his rod. His rod changed into a snake. And Pharaoh laughed and said, is this the best you can do? He called his own magicians and they dropped many rods. Moses dropped how many? One. His magicians dropped many rods and the whole place was filled with snake. But just like we're saying, snake past snake. So Moses' snake took the other snakes and had them for breakfast. So it was only Moses that left Pharaoh's palace with a staff that day. If Pharaoh was wise, he should have known that something big has come to his house. But he didn't learn his lesson. Anyway, he threatened the people, afflicted them the more. But come and see what the Bible tells us in Exodus 9 here. Verse 13, the Bible says, Then the Lord said to Moses, this towards the seventh plague now, Rise early in the morning, stand before Pharaoh, and say to him, Thus says the Lord God of the Hebrews, Let my people go that they may serve me. Maybe someone may even ask here, if God made Pharaoh, why is he asking him to let his people go? Why doesn't he just overpower him? Isn't it? And that's part of our problem with Satan. We're going to see. Verse 14. He says, For at this time I will send all my plagues to your very heart, and on your servants, and on your people, that you may know that there is none like me in all the earth. 15. This is God now speaking. I don't know which. I, if, I, if I were a poet, I would have known how to say this. This is like just saying what was in his heart. He says, Now... If I stretched out my hand and struck this Pharaoh and his people with pestilence, then he would have been what? Cut off from the earth. He says, this was an option to me. Instead of sending Moses to ask you to let my people go, I could have just destroyed you and the children of Israel will wake up in Egypt and there is no other person. But why didn't he do that? 16, let's read together everybody. He said, but indeed one, for this purpose I have what? raised you up that I might show my power in you and that my name may be declared in all the earth. This is why Satan is existing. This is why everything that is under the line of Satan is existing. That the power of God might be what? Might be shown through it. So the reason it has power is to show you that there is a bigger power. The reason it's exercising influence is to show you that there is greater what? Influence. That's the reason. It's safe for this purpose. Why? Because every, like we've been talking manufacturing, every manufacturer wants his product to be tested. Every car you drive, when they finish making it, they do a crash test. They take it, run into a wall to prove that this car can withstand this level of impact. They do all kinds of tests on it. Your phone, they do test diverse things that are made. God has allowed some things in his world just so that he can teach men how great God is. But if men, if you and I now who know God, don't establish in our hearts that this is an experiment. Praise the Lord. That this is planned. This is a controlled experiment. We will give up, we will faint, we will think the enemy has all of a sudden become powerful. And the Bible reminds us, it says, but those who do know their God, what will happen? 
they shall be strong and they will do exploits. Why? Because they will see correctly in every situation. They'll see correctly. Every trial, every temptation, every resistance, every affliction, every pain, every difficulty, understanding who your God is becomes clearly from what we are reading an occasion for God to display his power. That's what it is. That's what it is. Who created Koloya? Who made him become the champion of the Philistines? Who made him imagine that he could beat everybody in the army of Israel? It was God. Why? So that a David can be announced. If Goliath never came up, David will live and die fighting in the wilderness. I don't know why he didn't tell people about his killing of the lion and the bear. But it would have never been a national thing. Maybe if he told them, they wouldn't believe. And he can't call them to come and watch. When the lion comes, he can't say, lion, wait, please, let me go and call these my brothers. They don't believe me. But God had to orchestrate a giant who threatened the people for 40 days and none of them could move. And then he brought David. So Goliath was a terror so that they can show David a terror demystifier. What is terrorizing your life? Somebody wonder, why, why has this thing lasted this long? It's so that God's name will be glorified. But God's name won't be glorified if you don't know he's bigger. Many of us are trying to escape. Many of us are trying to manage. In fact, if some of us could sign an agreement with Satan, please just, okay, take this, take this, just leave me this. But this morning, please, don't sign an agreement with him. Jesus Christ has signed an agreement with you. He has shed his blood for you and has brought you into the new covenant. He said you are an heir of Christ. Joint heirs with him. That's who we are. So we are not on the same level again. We don't negotiate. We overcome. We triumph. We trump Satan come, you know, constantly, one after the other. We never, never make provision. And you see, this understanding will help every Christian in every dimension, whether it's in the area of comfort or in the area of um, purity and all of that. No, you see, when a Christian says this life is impossible, you're saying God does not have the power to bring about what he has said you should do. Praise the Lord. Let's take another illustration. They take Daniel and his friends. They are captives in Babylon. And the Bible says they were selected you know, favored to be trained to serve in the king's palace. And when Daniel got there, he said to them, oh, I thank you for the opportunity, but then I can't eat this food because it's food that would defile me. I serve God. They said, what's this boy saying? You can't eat this food. So what do you want to eat? He said he wants to eat, you know, some say it's a vegetable, some say it's beans and water, all of that. But whatever he had chosen to eat was nothing that looked like what should make somebody you know, look like what they wanted to achieve. Luckily, you know, and, you know, by intention, God gave him favor before the handlers of the, the trainer. And they said, okay, let's run this for a while and see how it goes. Now, how a man or a boy that eats beans and water without the balanced diet of the kings could come out fresher and fairer in appearance? I don't know how that works. But because God is over every situation even when you're captive praise the lord even when you're captive is over and that was the beginning of the differentiation of daniel in that whole environment because later on now we find out that there was a dream that the king had 
And the king said, what I'm going to do about this dream is that I won't even tell you the dream. Give me the interpretation. Such an interesting scenario. Because when God wants to hallow his people, he creates difficult situations. Let me tell you, never be afraid of any situation again. See it as an opportunity. The problem with life is when we look away from God. Praise God. So this king had a dream and called his wise men and said, tell me the interpretation of the dream. They said, no problem. Tell us the dream. And the king said, no. <laughs> if you know the interpretation, then also know the dream. What they were saying is, get back to yesterday, sleep in my head in the night, eh? dream my dream, <laughs> and wake up with me and then tell me the interpretation. So they rightly answered him. You know what they said to him? They said to him, Nebuchadnezzar, you are off. Because no king ever, go and read history, no king ever has asked this kind of thing of his people. Abba, the king will dream the dream and then tell us the dream and then we'll tell him the interpretation. Nebuchadnezzar, by, by prompting of God, said to them, you want to trick me. I'm not going to tell you. And if you don't tell me the dream and its interpretation, I'll kill all of you. Now, incidentally, Daniel wasn't there at that point. The only thing Daniel heard was what? That they had begun to kill all the king's advisors. So Daniel asked, why are they killing them? They told Daniel, it's because they can't tell the king his dream and his interpretation. Now, Daniel had never interpreted dream before. I want us to get something. You see, all I'm sharing with you today is for you to see how big your God is. And the song the choir says that you're bigger. Let me hear you say you're bigger. If you're sick, God is bigger than it. If you're having issues in relationship, God is bigger than it. If you're having problems in the office, God is bigger than it. As a nation, God is bigger than our problems. Why? He is God. He's outside of our circumstance and he controls it. Praise the Lord. So when the news got to Daniel, he had never. But you see, Daniel knew that God was bigger. So maybe this morning we learned something. If somebody says, how are you? How's life? Say God is bigger. God is bigger. Praise the Lord. When they told Daniel, he didn't say, ah, what kind of thing is He said, please, can we get some time to go and consult the one who knows all things? The one who has never backed up from a problem. Child of God. God does not back up from a problem. God does not regret. This thing has become too difficult for me. He says, call on me and I will do what? I will answer and I will do what? Show you great and mighty some translations say great and reserved things there are things that are reserved that has never been known praise the lord but if you and i in those moments the key thing we are learning is this no matter the moment god is in it and he's bigger so daniel said give us time and daniel went to, to his friends and said this is the situation they are going to either cut off our heads or we tell this king you know we go back and sleep with him you know have his dream and then wake up and tell him. And they began to ask God. God gave them surely the dream. Now this time the wonder of it. You see when you read Bibles. Take some moment time. It meant that what Nebuchadnezzar dreamt sleeping. God gave it to them awake. So they were awake and they dreamt the dream. Hallelujah somebody. I say your God is big. They, they didn't sleep. They were awake. And God gave them. Say okay this is the dream. And then they were still awake. God said what? This is the interpretation. So they went to Nebuchadnezzar and called him. And said the dream which the king dreamed. And the interpretation he wants. This is the dream. 
And it was clearer to Nebuchadnezzar even than when he dreamed it. Because when the hand of God comes, it causes differentiation. He had to know. Let me tell you, if you know how much God wants to be known in our world, you will be more boastful about him. You won't be afraid. You see, sometimes I wish I worked in, the of, in, in offices again. If God wants to be known and he can't appear like a ghost, you are the ghost. The Holy Spirit is inside of you. You appear in the office. So he can imagine what would have been happening in the palace when they said to Nebuchadnezzar, okay, this is the dream. You know, this happened, this happened. Nebuchadnezzar must have been saying, in fact, he didn't call them wizard because the people that were wizard has failed. That was when he changed them. He said, you people, God, this, you people are gods. They told him the dream, told him the interpretation. And that was the being of their right. But you see, their test didn't stop there. And Daniel faced another test, which was completely on another level. They said, you will not petition any other God except the king. How can somebody who knows Jehovah, who has access to the almighty God, be constrained to pray to a king? I pray Christians will come together. You know what it's simply saying? It's no confidence in man. Not even for one month. Daniel said, I can't. He's my life. And that was a difficult test because... He could have dodged it, played it in a way that he wouldn't break their rule and he would still serve God. But he said, no, I like the way the Bible put it. He said when he went to pray, he opened his window. He was saying, challenge taken. All I'm trying to say to us this morning, take the challenge. Laugh in the face of danger. Praise the Lord. Why? Because your God is bigger. You see, listen, that thing you are afraid of, God made it. The circumstances you are afraid of, God circumscribes it so they said to him if you call on your god this is what is going to happen daniel opened the window called on his god what happened they put him in the lion's den now how that thing happened i don't know because they dropped him in the lion's den so even if the lions were not hungry the weight of daniel falling on them was aggression do you understand the weight of daniel fall was aggression but you see god who made the lions who made lions? Eh, no, we're still saying who made what? Who, who put their nature in them? All of a sudden, what is aggression can be called play. So when Daniel landed up then they looked at Daniel and tickled. And they laughed. The lions started laughing. They also pushed him. They played with him until they settled the matter there. Then they said to the lions, now you're very hungry. So they took Daniel out. The people that framed Daniel, the Bible said, they were still in the air. They didn't get to the ground. While they were in the air, the, the lion started eating. Which animal eats in the air? It's ego. <laughs> I want you to see because, you see, why I'm afraid is because I think circumstances are beyond control. But God never has a circumstance beyond his control. God has never seen a situation that he can handle. Let, let, let me try and round up because, you know, so that we can go with the point here. The Bible tells us, Matthew 4, Luke 4, our Lord Jesus Christ, after his baptism, the word of the Lord came in, in, in chapter 3 of Matthew and uh, chapter 3 of Luke. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased, isn't it? And the Bible says, Matthew 4.1, Luke 4.1, says, And the Spirit did what? Led him into the wilderness. To Which of you, being pleased with your son, will lead him to a Rottweiler? Which of us being, who would do that? That is to let you know that Satan is working for God. Praise God. 
Oh, yes. That boss in your office that is threatening all kinds of... He is under God. Just get from God the point to enter. How do I respond? Because there is a plan. Jesus was led into the wilderness and he was made to fast 40 days and 40 nights. When he was extremely hungry, Satan now was sent. Oh, I go and tempt him. And he came to him. If you are the son of God, do what? Make the stones to become bread so you can feed yourself. Jesus looked at him. And remember, Jesus at that point did not have the anointing of God. He came as a man. Praise the Lord. And had he, what he had then is what you and I have today. He had the Holy Ghost. Was he hungry? He was hungry. The Bible says, and hungered. But he says, something told him that even though I am hungry, even though I'm this, I know God loves me. So I will not work a miracle to prove God's love for me. That is very important for the believer. Praise the Lord. Listen, when I'm praying for the change of my circumstances, I don't pray to God to change my circumstances to prove that he loved me. You see, when the Bible talks about praying amiss, that's the highest amiss. That's the highest amissment that you can pray. Lord, 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 turn this thing around so I know you love me. That's the highest amissment. You know why? The Bible says, for God has commended, has demonstrated his love to me. In that while I was yet a sinner, what happened? Christ died for me. What can be greater than that? So when I say to him, do this to prove. The angels will say, we are proved beyond measure. You know the Bible says, bring your strong reasons. Let me tell you what you pray for such situations. You tell them that these people have heard that you are owing. And they are unbelievers. Tell God, tell heaven that these people are mocking. I had witnessed to them that they should give their lives to Christ. Now they're saying, is it they give their lives to Christ and they start suffering like this? You see, those are prayers that you pray that make sense. And when you finish, you know they tell us that we should command God. When you finish, say, not my will, Lord. Because you know what? You know why you're saying that? You're not saying that, not my will, but yours. You're not saying that out of unbelief. You're saying that because he's able to do exceedingly abundantly because you can be saying lord please just help me to just come out of this thing so that they will know that i'm not guilty wasn't that what joseph was praying for joseph was saying please can you take me back to the land of my fathers i did not commit adultery i didn't try to rape this woman please can i be brought out of this prison and be taken home oh i'm the last son of my father god bring me out if he did not allow god to do his own will. Listen to what would have happened. The butler would have come out, remembered him immediately, made a case for him, brought him out, and wailed him back to Israel. Taking him straight. And then he'll just be there. A bitter, frustrated young man. But because God is able, somebody say God is able, to do exceedingly, abundantly above you see if joseph was imagining anything he probably would have said maybe potiphar will find the truth and not allow me to go just like that he will restore me first you know and do muno you know give me some property to go back with and apologize that would have been the best of his imagination how could he have known but tell somebody let god you see when we begin to think that god is wicked we fail the first test every believer must say to that god cares for you god loves you god wants the best for you more than you can ever want for yourself i believe joseph had that part of the prayer 
but not my will. That's why the man left and forgot him. And when it was God's time, God gave Pharaoh a dream. And the very day they brought him out was the day he transited from slave to royalty. Because we serve a mighty God. He said he makes all things, what? Beautiful in its time. He turns and overturns and overturns until the perfect time comes. Child of God, I want you to take it this morning that your God is bigger. He's bigger than every circumstance. Never imagine that you're alone. He's working it out. My occupation and your occupation, what we should give ourselves to, is cooperating with him. Cooperating with him. Cooperating with him. Why? Because he's big. He's wise. He's awesome. No wonder the scripture says he does terrible things in righteousness. That's the God you and I serve. So in every situation, just let God know, I'm looking to you. I'm looking to you. And like we started, when yesterday is gone, today trust him again. Trust him again. Trust him again. The Bible tells us the Joseph we mentioned. The butler left and for two years, two years is 700 and what years? 600 and 350. Right, mathematics. Three, three, that's 700 and 730 days. Can you imagine the number of days? And if you've been to prison, I mean not this type of prison that we have. It says his feet were fastened in stocks. He could have given up. But what made him keep hope alive for 30 days, 60 days, 100 days, 300 days? What was keeping him? He must have believed that the God he served was bigger than the dungeons of Pharaoh. This morning as we round up, where are you? What situation, what circumstances are afflicting you? What are the things that are confronting you? I want to ask you a question. Is your God bigger than it? Is your God surprised by it? Is the omniscient one? Is he unaware? One of the things that Lord Jesus taught us, he made it clear. He said, my father is walking. What's he walking on? He has finished creation. Have you ever asked that? Have you ever pondered? My father walked. What's he walking on? Creation is over. The sun is on auto-repeat. Is it auto-repeat or auto-rewind? The galaxies, everything on its own is on auto. So what's he working on? He's working to bring about the destiny that he has prepared for you. For every turn. How many of us have used GPS here? When you use GPS, it's working continuously. Even when you turn off, it's working again. It's working. It's working. Your father in heaven is working. So where you are, he knows. All you need is to cooperate with him. And that destination you will arrive in. Let's bow our heads as we go to him in prayer. Begin to tell him you're bigger than my circumstance. You're bigger than my situation. You're bigger. You're bigger. I don't need another help. I don't need to follow another person. All the trials and temptations that we are facing is to make us try another source to help. But this morning, somebody is saying, God, you're bigger. God, you're bigger. When, when the songwriter says, Waymaker, Miracle Worker, we, that's, that's what he does. He's already calculating. He's already factoring. How do I bring you out? How do I make this thing work? How do I bless Mordecai? How do I establish Esther? How do I make the Jew? How do I preserve them? How he's working. Jehovah is working. He's a big God. He's a mighty God. He's an awesome God. Let him know, Lord, you're bigger. 
I don't know what it is. We have used Satan, we have used Goliath. I don't know what you're facing. Is it your mount of financial problem? He's bigger than it. Is it a threat that is hanging on you now? He's bigger than it. Is it an emotional need? He's bigger than it. Is it something that has to do with your relationship with God? You are not, you're failing. The enemy is hindering you. He's saying, I'm bigger. I am mighty to save. That's his name. He said, God mighty to deliver. He's a glorious God. Let him know. Just tell him, Lord, you're bigger. You're bigger. Establish it to, today. Lord, you're bigger, bigger. Put it, bring all of them together. Some of them are institutional. Some of them you're not dealing with even men. These are institutions. Some of them may have to do with the laws of the land. Some of them may have to do with things that are biological. See, this is what the test result says. But I just want you to remember, in the beginning, God created all things. And everything that remains, everything that has not expired, is existing for his pleasure. Let the Lord know you're bigger than this. And this morning, I want to say, let it worship you. Let this sickness worship you. Let this financial love worship Let these words that are speaking. That was what David said when the sons of Shem. He said, don't, don't do that. Let this word this man is speaking against me. Let it be part of worship. Let it enter into the testimony. You're being mocked. You're being this. Lord, I'm saying I surrender all to you. You are God. I'm surrendering all. You're bigger, 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 bigger. You're bigger. You're bigger. Everything I'm afraid of, you're bigger than them. And everything that I have put confidence in before now, you're bigger than them. You are God. You are God. You are God. We serve the Creator God. We, you, you and I serve not just God made by men. We serve God that was not made. The very God of the very God. The God who made all things. The God who created both the visible and the invisible. Let him know that she's not a man. He's not our mate. He's not a manufacturing plant. Neither is he some... Oh, no, he is God almighty sovereign of all creation worship exalt him in your heart magnify him in your heart tell him lord i i lift you high you are big you are god you are god you are god you are god masaka poko takanda you turn times and seasons you turn everything around you turn the hearts of men you turn the hearts of people you shift and you readjust and you reposition you are god almighty and i worship you i worship you the christian is somebody who knows god is the almighty that's why he doesn't fear that's why he doesn't shake that's why he's not moved the christian is settled there is only one factor to take bearing from in this world and it is god the almighty god the god and father of our lord jesus christ that's what our lord jesus came to reveal the father that's why he walked on water that's why he raised the dead that's why he healed the leper that's why he opened blind eyes that's why he fed the multitude with five loaves and two feet so that everyone will know that there is no circumstance or situation that he's not god in he's never late he is on time he's never early he is current he is god he is god he hears he knows he understands he comprehends he's taught he is almighty god this is the god we serve child of god raise up your head 
raise up your expectation because you serve the living God don't be afraid why should I fear whom the Lord is my strength the Lord is my salvation of whom shall I be afraid when the enemy came against me when they plotted against me they stumbled and they fell God asked the Sammy David he said who is that uncircumcised Philistine that he would dare to defy the armies of the living God they were not skilled but they had God behind them this morning somebody said I'm going forth in this year I'm going forth in my Christian journey with God backing me up I'm a child of God I'm a worshiper of God I will not fear I will not fear my marriage is under the banner my children are under the banner my destiny is under the banner it is God we serve the God that made the heavens and the earth listen you have been wondering what is going on let me announce to you God is not afraid of your trials he knows he will bring you out he's not worried let me tell you somebody you are asking questions he said to tell you he is not afraid he has the power he has the power he has the power people of God one of the things cardinal confessions that we are to believe and to make as Christians is that we believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God and that he died and was raised from the dead and then the apostle Paul speaking says why should it be thought incredible by you that God raises the dead I've come to remind you this morning that God raises the dead I've come to remind you this morning that the God you have committed your life your family your body the God you have been praying to is a God that raises the dead is a God that after Lazarus was dead and buried listen to me the sisters of Lazarus said master we know you're powerful but you are late and by their lives we learn that the God we serve is not late we have seen from Joseph, God is not late. He's on time. We, if we had time, we would have looked at Mordecai. You see, Mordecai had done the king a favor. And in return of being rewarded, he was going to be punished. But the God who is the on-time God, hid his reward until the most appropriate time. And the time he gave it to him was when he had to convert his death to his raising. Listen to me. I just, I don't know. This thing is blowing my mind. I say God is big. I say God is big. I say your God is big. There is no regret for the Christian. It is praise. It is worship. Hallelujah. The, the Bible tells us of Jehoshaphat. And the Bible says, after Jehoshaphat had done some beautiful religious reforms in his country, it says, then they rose, they banned the armies of Moab, the Ammonites, and the children of Mount Seir, 
and they all came together against Jehoshaphat. And Jehoshaphat looked at himself. He said, we have no mind against these people. But what did he say? He said, our eyes are on you. Do you know what happened? Jehoshaphat shot no arrow. He used no sword. He shed no blood. But his enemies right before them destroyed themselves. The only thing Jehoshaphat did is what we are to do. It was saying, for the Lord is good. <laughs> I said, I started by saying, all the enemies fighting to say, is so that you will give up. But he know, the devil knows that the Lord is good. Demons know that the Lord is faithful. They know that God has never failed. Generations have proved God. And God has never failed men. So they began to declare what is true. For the Lord is good. And his mercy endures forever. I've come to tell you, sir, the answer to your question is that the Lord is good and his mercy will soon show up. It hasn't expired, it's about to show up. There is a rising. There is a rising. There is a rising. He's God. Over a nation, the Lord is good and his mercy. His mercy, his mercy doesn't expire. He's never late. We, you can never say to God rightly. You see, this statement will always be wrong if he had been here. He will never be right towards God because he's the ever-present help. He all the while had been here. He is Jehovah Shammah. He's the Lord that, so he cannot, he Lord we worship you our God we extol you you are God alone and you alone are God we your people are exalting you we are magnifying you you said to us that we should lift up our eyes today we are lifting up our eyes above all the noises and we see that you are high Isaiah told us and lifted up what is here is the train of your robe your throne is high it is your effect the bible says the clouds above us are the dust of his feet that's how big you are let's just worship him worship the lord just exalt him just exalt him see that he knows what he's doing see that he knows what he's doing see just just see that he knows what he's doing and renew your confidence if you were not here at the beginning don't cast away your confidence there is a great recompense of reward it is god you serve not man the pastor will fail you friends will fail you family will fail you nations will fail you but god has never failed he woke up a dead elisha or rather he used his bones and said there's a promise of double portion and the story can be over let your bones raise the dead and he said it is complete nobody can ever point to me at eternity and said i failed him because i'm god i am truth we worship you lord we worship you yes You've been listening to a message by Pastor Ikenao Keke of the Father's Church. We are sure you've been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden 
Center, Banex Guarimpa Expressway, near Next Kashankari, Abuja. For telephone, 09-290-9000 or 0703-1588404. You can find us online at www.thefatherschurchonline.org. God bless you.